Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Hope everyone's doing well in this rather um, mild evening here in Cincinnati, Ohio. This mild winter here that we're experiencing, which is a good break uh, from what uh, we would normally otherwise expect in this time of the year. But at any rate, uh, thank you for tuning in to The Clown. My name is Scott Burks. You can follow my blog called The Clown Times. It's Clown Spell with K. You're able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you'll find me on Facebook. Just go to the search window, type in The Clown Times, whether you're on your smartphone, your laptop, or your desktop, whatever. Just do that. And again, that's Clown Spell with K. You're able to find me there. Lots to get into tonight, uh, including like the big, well, not so big news, but the whole kerfuffle, if you will, over uh, UCF's. Central Florida scheduling woes. They, or at least they call it that. They, you know, they recently made a stink about the Florida Gators one to schedule what's called a two for one. That means two at Florida's place and one at, at UCF's place. Most people think there's a good deal. UCF doesn't for some reason. So we'll get into that. As well as more about the college, possible college playoff expansion. The more you. I've read about it, and more articles that came out about it have come out about it. The more I think it's only the inevitable. It is a matter of when rather than if. And last but not least, well, we'll touch on the Patriots Steelers game for last week. This is just that's the arguably the game of the week, and as well as who we think is the best team in the NFL right now. Is it the Chargers? Is it the Saints? Who knows? We'll get into that. And help me to get into that is one of my homies, a man homie. Y'all know him from the yards so as HBCU Sports, the rest of all things HBCU Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio, uh, weekly podcast with the coach himself. Uh, I think on, it's on YouTube now. So, anyway, the, um, without further ado, here's my man, Dwayne Nash. And hopefully, some news. And, 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 and D, before we get into it, I know you're at the Celebration Bowl last week watching our beloved A&T Aggies being Alcorn State. So give me a very quick synopsis of your thoughts oh my. on NT winning the back-to-back celebration bowls. Man, oh, man. Scott, first and foremost, what the deal? Uh, yo, yo. bowl was fantastic. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, for those of you that missed it, I will say you have missed the best bowl game out of all of the bowls that have happened so far. I'm not saying that as hyperbole. It is most definitely the closest bowl bowl game that has happened so far. And oddly enough, it is the second highest attended bowl game that has been played so far. But mm-hmm. my quick was synopsis, uh, the attendance was about 31-7. If I remember the exact number is uh, oh, wow. 31,000. Yeah, I think the, the exact number was 31,672. But this was the highest, the second highest attended Celebration Bowl out of the four. The first highest, oddly enough, was A&T and Alcorn in the first one in 2015. So it seems as though that that just happens to be um, a, a sweet spot there in terms of uh, the fan base that's coming out for, for, for those two opponents. But the two teams I would have loved to have seen for attendance sake, most definitely would have been Florida A&M and Southern. I would have loved to have seen if they were capable of bringing 40,000, which I think that those two fan bases combined probably could. But I'd on to the current game. A&M would. Yes. Yes, they would. But um, on to uh, teams that actually won this year. No disrespect to Southern and Florida A&M. But game was extremely close. A lot of people say it came down to a failed two-point conversion. If those of you who watched the game, you saw it 
there was a controversy on whether or not that two-point conversion pass was actually caught. Scott, you, you know the rule in terms of a catch. Now you mm-hmm. actually have to have possession of the ball as you're coming down with it. Can't be a loss of, of control. You, you have to have full control even if you're falling out of bounds. And in my opinion, that's what the refs saw, and that's the reason why he, they, they called it uh, a failed conversion. A lot of people are upset mm-hmm. about it. But if you ask me, there are at least six other reasons why Alcorn lost that game, and you need to forget about that two-point conversion. If, if, if you're mm-hmm. like me, a football game is played 60 minutes. You need to take advantage of every second whenever you can. I wrote an article about it at Herosports.com. It lays out all six things that Alcorn did wrong in that game where they could have actually won and probably won handily over North Carolina A&T. That was the highest the, – the, the, the Braves actually put up the highest run total on A&T this year, well over 300 yards, with uh, their, their junior uh, transfer running back, Deshaun Waller, and their junior quarterback, Noah Johnson, dual-threat QB that they have. They, along with a couple of other runners, combined put over 300 yards of rushing offense up on the A&T. But Lamar Raynard, uh, QB for A&T, countered by putting up 292 passing yards and two touchdowns up on them boys. And the one thing that I feel perplexed by, if you mm-hmm. have a guy that you're playing against special team-wise that leads the nation and kick returns, what do you do? You don't kick him the ball. Don't. Right, you kick it away. You kick it out of bounds if you have to. Take the penalty. Alcorn. They've been giving up seven points the way they did. They kicked it short, and dude still returned it to to the house, which is a thing of beauty. Exactly. The the coach's excuse was it was a nice kick. We tried to kick it high, and the kick was exactly what we wanted. But a guy that was supposed to seal off the edge missed his assignment. You know what happens to, to avoid a guy missing the assignment and a guy running it back? Don't kick it to him. Don't kick it to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kick it out of bounds. That's yeah. how you avoid yeah. that. Kick this shit out of bounds. Take the penalty. Who cares? I mean, exactly. seriously. If the penalty at the 40 or 35 or 40 yard line, then the damn, damn seven points is in the, in the, in the up cost of you the game. So uh, exactly. one last thing about it, like, like, uh, before we move on, uh, you said uh-huh. the attendance was thirty one thirty uh, thirty one thousand, right? So yes. Um, how <laughs> you know we sports fans are savage, right? So <laughs> how about the comparison <laughs> between the Celebration Bowl to what took place, and also in the Georgia Dome, the very next day when the Falcons <laughs> faced the Cardinals? That was oh hilarious. my god! I mean, that, it, that was just terrible. That was just that was just terrible. Very much so, and especially with me still being in Atlanta. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the hotel room that I was in, well, it wasn't even just a hotel room. The CBS affiliate in, in Atlanta didn't show a 1 o'clock game. So I was kind of stuck watching Atlanta, uh, Arizona, but luckily they had NFL Network. So I watched that alongside the, um, the, the Falcons-Cardinals game. But you're right. Two bad teams. Neither team at the time had more than four wins. Excuse me. And, and you had a blowout. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, just, I didn't expect there to be a lot of people there. But I didn't expect the Celebration Bowl to out-attend them. And, and kudos to the groundsmen for the people from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Got a chance to go onto the floor or to the, 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 uh, mm-hmm. the, the field at the end of the game and walked around while they were cleaning up. And they had a, they had a quick turnaround. And they did a fantastic job in terms yes, of did. cleaning up all the debris and cleaning up all the paint and stuff and getting the Falcons paint out there in time for the game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Shout out to them. I had never seen anything like that in my life in terms of how quickly they were able to do that. But, yeah, that was a travesty, that game, both the way it was played and the attendance for that game. But, hey, what do you do when your team is like 4-9 and, mm-hmm. and, and, and there's a huge hey, disappointment to a lot of people? Yeah, exactly. Somebody so, called them the, the best, from, worst team in the league right, right. now. Uh, yeah, 
exactly. So, <laughs> so, so uh, going from one quote unquote little guy as far as the FCS goes to mm-hmm. the other little guy and call it an FBS, and that's Central Florida. I'm sure you heard about yeah. the stink, and I think we may have touched on it a little bit last week, just a little bit. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, like Florida came out, and it actually first it came well. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida started. So basically, the Florida Gators. I guess on the heels of UCF bitching about not being able to, to be invited into the playoff again, uh, 13-0 record because of sorry schedule, which is not their huh? fault, by the way, but still, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So, entered Florida. So, uh, the coach of Florida, I for, can't think of his name off the top of my head, but at any rate, he and the athletic director were saying that, hey, we scheduled an alpha y'all two for one meaning two at Florida's place and one mm-hmm. at UCF's place, right? Which, mm-hmm. look, ordinarily a two-for-one may sound like a slap in the face to most schools, to most programs, but you were talking about a major program wanting to schedule a, a series, albeit a short one, against an up-and-coming, upstart in-state rival at that, mm-hmm. who basically would be competing for in terms of recruiting and whatnot. So at mm-hmm. first, I was like saying, hey, well, maybe Central Florida is making a point, but I have to analyze and I'm like, look, I understand that UCF makes money at the gate at their game, at their home game, right? But mm-hmm. last I checked, well, I, I would say last I checked that, like, when normally when the school, small school goes to the road to a big school, the big school pays them. Now, I don't know how it uh-huh. works two for one because, again, the, a uh, – a um, what you call it, a, a, a like a road game in return, but since it's a two for one, I still think that UCF will get some money from going to the bigger school, right? To go on the road like most smaller schools tend to do. So which got me? To that was my thought right process. Question. That was exactly. my thought process. And I think that's, and that still may be the case. But it got me to thinking, brother. It's like, okay, UCF, what the hell are you doing? You got a school that's going on a record, an in-state rival who you're trying to mm-hmm. be in a sense, right? One, mm-hmm. the schedule is serious with you, and it, and, it, mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes UCF look bad because they're essentially saying, we're going to take our ball and go home, but we don't get two for two, which they can't do because they don't have the negotiating leverage because they're, they're, they're UCF. They're from the, the athletic of the, the athletic. American uh, yes. uh, Athletic Conference, and not the SEC, nor the ACC, nor the Big mm-hmm. Ten, nor the Big 12, nor the Pac-12. Yeah. So they got to take what they can get, and that's a pretty damn good deal. What are your thoughts right quick on that? That's a fantastic get. Um, and, and you know what? Shame on UCF. My thing is this. Right. You can't cry and complain that no one wants to take you and play you uh, on their schedule then when someone offers you something, you turn them down. Now, first and foremost, let's be real. Even if they were to beat Florida, right, I still don't think that the committee would still put them into a four-team playoff if it was if the scenario was the same this year. Just imagine you take what you swap out one of UCF's non-conference opponents with this year's Florida, right? And they beat that Florida, mm-hmm. right? And we saw that this Florida team is what right right now eleventh, if I remember correctly. Eleventh, I think. Yeah, barely outside the. Even top with 10. them, I, I hate to say this out loud, but there's a lot of me that believes this. I don't believe that even with that resume that they have right now and the win over this current Florida team, that this mm-hmm. UCF would have made it in past Oklahoma or Notre Dame. I don't think so. I really mm. don't think so. I thought at best they probably would have gotten to fifth. I don't think that they would have gotten them in at four, and we've had the discussion last week on why, because we know it all comes exactly. down to finances. It all comes back down yep. to money. We know, well, as, as of right now, UCF is not a financial draw. Oklahoma is, Ohio That's State right. is, Notre Dame is, 
And as much as I wanted to fight against the Notre Dame money and, and try to counter that money with other money, that was a huge part of it, as well as I, I'm believing, and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, the peer pressure of having an undefeated Notre Dame team ranked at number three that a lot of people didn't think that the committee or they thought the committee would be dumb to drop them out from three to five, regardless if they thought that Oklahoma, Ohio State, or even Georgia were better teams than, than Notre Dame. There was no way in the world they were going to drop them out, even though I thought they right. that, that somebody would be ballsy enough to do so. But my, my, I'm learning now. No, no, they're not. No. There, you'll hear people say it. you heard people say it. Once they made the selection, that they thought that Oklahoma, Ohio State, and, and even Georgia were playing better ball than, than Notre Dame was toward the end of the year, but they weren't willing to knock them out of, of the number three spot. They just weren't doing. They weren't going to do it. Exactly. And unfortunately, UCF is, is is facing that that conundrum. They are who they are. You are not a power five. And unfortunately, since you're not and you don't draw, you you're not going to be part of that field. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Exactly. So here's the thing with that. Like, remember when Houston, was it like three years ago, or two, three years ago, when they – Yeah, two or three years ago, like, yeah. They, yeah, like, like when Tim Herman – there's Tim Herman's last season there before he moved on to Texas. They mm-hmm. – it was – they were the only – that was the only – that was the closest team to becoming the perfect storm in the playoff area because, remember, yes. they beat Oklahoma. They mm-hmm. – and they beat Louisville later in the season. Mm-hmm. It's just that they didn't take care of business in their own conference, and that's on them. Yeah, but still, uh-huh. the fact of the matter was that they beat two at the time two top ten teams. Yeah, and that if they if Houston was there undefeated in that you know that year, they would have went to the playoffs. They, they would have went to the playoffs. There would have been no mm-hmm. discussion, no beefs, no bitching, no nothing. They just didn't take care of business. Now, if UCF wants to be that program, they should take a page. I wrote, and I wrote a blog post about this uh, earlier this week. They should take a page of what Boise State did. Like, remember mm-hmm. Chris Peterson was, was building them into a juggernaut? Um, yes. He literally took his team and played anybody, any, he played anybody anywhere. He played Georgia at the Georgia Dome and beat them. Mm-hmm. He played against Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech was still Virginia Tech at yeah. at the uh, FedEx Field. I, I think you remember that and beat them. Yes, sir. Uh huh. That's what and they and they play Oregon. They, they managed to get Oregon to come to their place, but they beat them. The point what I'm trying to make is is even though football schedules, I know it's hard to make because it's normally done like five years out. But mm-hmm. if but if you have a major program offering you. As even as a two for one, they're offering you. The, they're offering to play you. Florida has nothing to gain from this. This is yes. this would have been a coup for UCF, and the and the AD Danny White, not to confuse, be, not to be confused with uh, former legendary quarterback. He turned to Dallas, said that they were better than that. No, you're not. You're not. You See? don't have. You don't have the negotiating position of dude. You, he, he, I don't want to say he's over a barrel, but the fact of the matter is. They have little negotiating position here. Yes. If they, if someone offers you a two for one, take that shit, man. Because look, you at least get one home game in the series, mm-hmm. but you get to play a power five school for three years at least, three straight mm-hmm. years, and an in-state rival at that from the SEC, and you turn that down. That's 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 where that's where hubris equals stupidity. That's just, exactly. I, I can't believe uh, I can't believe UCF did that. The, the, the term "too big for your britches," you know, they got a little yep. too cocky for themselves. You, you know, mm-hmm. they, they they thought that they were better or bigger. I don't even say better. They thought that they were bigger than what they were. Now, like you right. said, in any other year, that scenario of what Houston was going through would have been the perfect way for a non-power five team to make it to the playoffs. The odd thing was, right. especially about this year, we had that perfect storm of three undefeated 
coming from the ACC, the SEC, and Notre Dame. As right. much as I was, was hating on Notre Dame not making it in, it, 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 they was making it in. It was making it in. It, 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 it yeah. was going to be hard to knock them out. The only way that I thought it could have been knocked, they could have been knocked out was for Oklahoma and Ohio State to blow their opponents out in their, their conference games, and they didn't beat them by enough, in my personal opinion, in order to do or, or the committees, I guess, in order to do so. And, and UCF needed a situation like a Florida in order for them to at least be thought of for that number four spot. They weren't even thought of this year. Let's be real, because if that was the case. Ohio State wouldn't have jumped them, and they did. Right. So, yeah, they, they, they didn't care still about them this them. year. Yeah. Michigan still now, jumped them. <laughs> yeah, see? So, you, you, you put them in a year where maybe there's there's two undefeated teams, and then you have that UCF team with a Florida on that resume, maybe they're thrown off at that number four spot. But you know what? Unfortunately, right now, we'll never get that. We yeah. we won't get that, and we won't know, and and they'll forever be on the outside looking in, crying. Why won't the committee love us? And we know why, because you don't generate enough money, Bama. You generate enough money, you're gonna be in that final four. It is what it is. I'm sorry, Florida. I'm sorry, whatever other good team that's not a Power Five team that becomes undefeated and wonders why they can't get in. I'm gonna say this: Look at your brethren in the FCS. Look at your brethren in the Division yep. Two, and you will see teams that have won their conferences that do not make it to the playoffs, and they're wondering the exact same reasons why they're not in. And it's because those committees don't believe that their schedule was strong enough, and they probably don't believe that your schedule is one. Your schedule may not be strong enough, and two, your draw ain't big enough. So those are right. the two things that you have to deal with when you're dealing with the CFP. How how strong is your schedule? How strong is your draw? Because if, if both are strong, you win. If it ain't, deal with one of them other uh, New Year's uh, Day Six Bowls, son. Yeah, and that's the way it is. You're right. Because, again, look, as much as we want to see the little guy get ahead, you got to understand. Yes. Right? That's, what, that's what the society is based off of. And, again, it's not UCF's fault, but it is what it is. Like you said, it is what it is. If you're exactly. from a, a, a power, if you're from a group of five, you got you, you tend to have group of five like games, if you will. You're going to suffer mm-hmm. for that unless you get a lifeline in the form of well, um, somebody scheduling like a two for one or a one off or a not mm-hmm. even a neutral site game. You have to yeah. take those if you're UCF, especially if floor if it's Florida of all people. Want yes. to make that happen? If it's mm-hmm. Florida, you gotta take that. I'm sorry, Danny yeah. White. I'm sorry, UCF. Good story, good program, and everything. But you gotta take it. You, you have to. You, you have to take that deal. I'm sorry. And for them to do that, it's just borderline stupid. I mean, you know what it kind of reminds um, me of? What's up? It reminds me of to a degree, even though it has nothing to do in terms of what what they do in terms of um, potentially moving into the Division II playoffs or, or anything. But, of course, I'm always going to go sure. back to an HBCU reference. There's always going to be a potential A&T reference. A&T versus Winston-Salem State. They had a situation yeah. where they were trying to work out a home-on-home situation. Uh, Winston-Salem believed that they were worth more than what they were going to get at the gate, which, if I remember correctly, is somewhere between 30 and 35% which is probably what, you have, what UCF was going to get when they were on the road in Gainesville, and they said no. Mm-hmm. Oh, word? Okay. Now, in Winston-Salem's situation, in Winston-Salem's case, I'm sorry, fans, and, and sorry, listeners, if you have to hear this because you're probably not familiar, but in their case, it hurt them financially because of the amount of money they were going to get because of the amount of fans that was going to come to that game. These two schools. That's right are less than an hour or about an hour away from one another, which with, with huge rivalry there because they both used to be in the same conference at one point in time. So the attendance was yeah, going to be there, like and they were going to get their money. Mm-hmm. Now, in UCF's yep. case, 
Money is one thing, but it's hurting their chances to make it into the CFP playoffs. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what was the mindset in that. I really don't get it. I really don't get it. It's a damn shame. Yeah. I can't think of shame. The thing is, and, and I wrote this in my blog too, what, what, another way it was going to help Boise, not only it helped in their exposure, which led to, mm-hmm. guess what, recruiting. It yes. led to their recruiting getting a, a huge uptick. And that was, uh-huh. on, that was on the Boise State budget, which was smaller, yeah. I believe, than a UCF budget, them being in Florida. Yeah. So just imagine what UCF costs themselves. It costs themselves a lot of its potential, potential exposure, and it cost them a big seat at the recruiting table in the state of Florida. Yes. That, that's what if I'm an alumni, I'm upset right now. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, because they threw away a chance. And it's not just not, not only just to see the CFP, play, the CFP playoffs, bro. They had a shot at potentially getting some exposure, which, mm-hmm. again, would lead to more rec- an uptick in, in recruiting. And that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. More recruits, yes. more eyes, because more recruits would, would potentially equal more money outside of outside of college football. That's what mm-hmm. CCF is stubborn and knows that. And that's just, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. And as a guy who's a supporter of the little guy, so to speak, quote, quote, little guy, this is, I, I find that downright stupid, what UCF is doing. And if they don't get their heads out of their asses, they're going to cost themselves much more in the long run. I mean, who knows how long they're going to be riding this magic carpet? Who knows how long they're going to they're gonna catch this lightning in the bottle? They have to exactly. cash in and cash in quickly. If not, mm-hmm. fast, quick, and hurry. Because if they they're not a top ten program, you know you can't no. be a top ten program if you're two seasons like removed from being zero and twelve. You're not a top yes. ten program. I'm sorry, they do it every year. They haven't done it every year yet, and for them to it, it's it's just sad. It, it's just baffling. It's just sad. Straight up sad. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't. I I don't I do I don't know. I, I'm at a loss for words. They turned down, again, a two-for-one. Two games at Florida, one game at UCF. But it doesn't freaking matter because they, the whole point was they had it. Not only did they had a, F, a Power 5 school one to play them at least three straight times again, but that same school is an in-state rival from the SEC. And they turned that mm-hmm. down. But anyway, it is what it is. I mean – Hopefully they get Danny White and the boys at UCF get their heads out of the ass before it's too late. But I only think it's headed trending that direction. And then in the end, mm-hmm. they have no one to blame but themselves. But anyway, exactly. But let's move on from that. Speaking of college football, to I, I don't know if you heard more. Like some more details came out with the college football playoff expansion. Like we, we talked a bit last week about who we thought would be making the most noise. In terms mm-hmm. of like college commissioners and whatnot, there's a report. I think it came from Bleacher Report of all places that stated that one Jim Delaney from the Big Ten is mm-hmm. making noise about wanting to have it happen sooner rather than later. Let's let's and I translate that by saying this: We're not going to have Ohio State being kept out two years in a row. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. That's that, that, that's what Jim Delaney is saying. And remember, you know how powerful Jim Delaney and the Big Ten is. You know how powerful they are. And mm-hmm. they, hey, look, they don't have any tight diets. They don't have any exclusive deals with ESPN the way the SEC and the ACC do. Um, they're, they're, they're probably owned by Fox in terms of their, their, um, their uh, broadcasting rights. Actually, their, mm-hmm. their conference title games are being broadcast by Fox and have been for the past few seasons. So what I'm trying to say is, they can go to ESPN and say, look, and, you know, we're the cash cow here. We already got our people at Fox Sports. We don't really need y'all. So if you're going to keep mm-hmm. with this four-team bullshit and not move off of it, we're going we, we, we're to make some noise. And I think Jim Laney would make some noise. So mm-hmm. that's why I, 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 t- I tweeted that article to you and a couple of buddies of mine who followed the blog. It's like, look, it's, it's happening. 
I knew it was gonna happen. I I figured it was gonna happen after what happened last season when I had two SEC teams, not only in the playoff field but going for the championship, national championship. And you got them the the Big Ten kept out two years in a row and with one Notre Dame being in the field. That's when remember I said two weeks ago, change is mm-hmm. coming. Not for the two mm-hmm. SEC teams the year before, but Notre Dame is being in the field. Who the Big mm-hmm. Ten have tried and the ACC have tried to get to join for a long time, and now they're in it, having their kick and being able to have their kick and kick and eat it too without having to play a conference championship game and everything else. So, anyway, <laughs> it's about to go down, brother. About to go down. Yes, it is. And I can't wait. And, uh, I can't wait either. That's just going to be it's going to be a trip, man, because. College football, man, it's like the ultimate elite sport. You know, you only allowed at the split, at the seat of the, at the seat of the table at our own discretion. And, uh-huh. You know, we joined up with ESPN. We got this whole big money cash cow thing going, but only forty invited in the privilege. And mm-hmm. now with UCF, I mean, forget about UCF trying to upset that upper card. You have the Big Ten saying, "Hold up, hold up." We, 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 nah, 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 bro. Let's <laughs> throw the Pac-12 more so to the Big Ten. They're like, nah, bro. Nah, 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 we got to revisit this shit. <laughs> and look, look, remember that they had, like, the college football playoff uh, thingy had a deal with ESPN to have a look-in after, I think, either this year or next season. I forget. It's, oh, wow. it's, it's out of one of these two seasons that they have a look-in. So that means for those people who don't know, that they can look at it and say, hey, let's make some changes. Hey, we can mm. do something better. In other words, look at the exploratory change. Well, with Jim Delaney now saying, yo, what's, what's up here? And along with the Pac-12 and maybe the American Athletic Conference, the UCF, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to really make it happen, bro. They're not going to wait till the end of the contract with 20, whatever the hell it was, 2026, 20, whatever it was. It's not a 12-year deal. So, yeah, I, I knew this would happen. I knew it. Damn it, I knew it. And I knew even more so about the Notre Dame crash the party this year. I really knew it then. So, anyway, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. trying to hyperventilate about this. I know you have some thoughts on it. No, I completely agree. Uh, like, like we said, because for the past – it has been the past two years, right, that a Big Ten team yep. has been left out of the equation, and um, yep. yeah, and and, and uh, the fact that their champion was left out the year prior to that, you know, it, it just mm-hmm. makes it even more interesting, right? So, they, you know, of course, they were going to be one of the ones to come out and and, and say something, but it, like I said before, it's for the better. I'm still a fan of having at least somewhere between eight to twelve. If you can get to, to that number, I'll be fine. Anything after 12 right. is gravy, but much. anything over 20 is, is egregious. But um, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I, like I said before, man, you know, and like I always say, I, I love FCS and, and D2 playoffs that have 20 and 24 teams in it. And I, I like seeing those teams and, and, and compete. And sometimes, sometimes you'll get a run like we did with, with Maine this year, a 10 seed, making it to the semis. So that's why I wouldn't mind seeing a 12 or or 16 team playoff to have one of those happen. But um, eight eight will do right now. But just get ready because we'll still have that same elitism in terms of who gets in, who gets left out. Because at best, they will begrudgingly put one. Uh, non-power five team in there if they're undefeated and only if they're undefeated, and 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 that's right. how you get that in there. Everybody else, you'll you'll have like one call. You most definitely have at least two conferences with two teams. And I'm gonna go ahead and let right. you know right now. It's either going to be no. I took that back. It depends. It, it, that determine, that'll actually be determined on what what year you'll, you'll catch these conferences in. Because you know this year yep. it could have been. Uh, the uh, the big two teams in the uh, Big Twelve with with two teams in um, ACC SEC um, 
Notre Dame and UCF if there was eight teams this year. That that would have been the equation. So Yep. I mean, especially if, if you had an upset, a big upset, not one of those conference championships like Pitt over Clemson, for example. You know, that I think that one yeah. would have kept Clemson out of eighteen field. And same with Alabama and Georgia. If Georgia mm-hmm. but you know what the funny thing is would have still been invited. Georgia still would have oh, been invited. Oh yeah, Georgia would have still been invited. Yeah. Yeah, but so, the funny so thing would have been, so, uh-huh. oh yeah, but the funny thing would be, is that in some cases you'll have it that the two teams that are in that conference's title game wouldn't be the two teams that make it to the playoffs. Because in this situation, you would have Ohio State and Michigan make it to the playoffs, even though you have Ohio State and uh, and, and Northwestern in the te- in that uh-huh. title game. And you'll have that that's the case. Michigan, yeah. Michigan, Michigan, that would have been an interesting case right there. Uh, even yeah. though they got the asses beat, they they have they have they, they have two losses, and the last loss they got the asses beat before the the conference title game. But um, yo, I mean, the thing is, is this, and we'll and we'll close the statement on this. Is I it, look, I would prefer somewhere all. All ten conference champions. I'm talking about all five, five, all the the, the group of five will be invited to a tournament. Maybe like mm-hmm. it have to be something like maybe 16 teams because you had like all ten conference champs with six ball cards. Mm-hmm. That would have taken care of the group of five component, the conference the conference championships component with the final five, and the five mm-hmm. ball cards would be all. You all you know they'd be all power five, right? All five wild yeah. cards. So, you know, I, everyone be satisfied, but people, the traditionalists, would probably be bitching about, oh, the field is too big. Which, it, it, again, anything over 16, in my opinion, would be too much. But I think mm-hmm. 16 would, well, six, well, six wild cards. But 16 will give the opportunity of all representatives of all of college football, both FB, both F levels of FBS, five and power five. As well as the six wild cards in that scenario, so we'll, we'll see how it happens. But it's, 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 I figured only it's only the inevitable, and this shit is going to get off and popping the next few months. Mark mm-hmm. my words, the next few mm-hmm. months, brother. Uh, so we move from college football to the more <laughs> boring mundane NFL. Um, so <laughs> the game of the week last week was the Patriots and the Steelers. The Steelers. Remembering that they're a football team and winning again for the first time yeah. in three weeks. And the Patriots are on a rare two-game losing streak. So, mm-hmm. right quick, was it, was it more about the Patriots not making mistakes, like t- taking 14 penalties, except the penalties? Was the Steelers just balling out on defense and realizing that their season's on the brink? Or was it a little of both, in your opinion? I'm going to go a little bit of both. Because, of course, going into the game, what was the number one stat, in my opinion, that kept being thrown out of there was that the Steelers haven't beaten the Patriots since, what was that, 2011? Uh, is, that, is that what the year was? I guess, I'm guessing so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first time. Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. Because they beat them in Pittsburgh. It was a close game. Um, that was the last time they beat them. Yeah, uh, so you had that thrown out there. Yeah, and then you had the stat of the guys who were and weren't playing uh, in those games in between that time, and the talent right. that Pittsburgh was missing. And yeah, as you said, you, you you don't you don't see Bill Belichick teams make that many mistakes, and even when they do, they tend to find a way to 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 to, to, to Get around it, and there's a situation right. uh, Sunday where they still had two minutes on on the um, on the board and had an opportunity to drive downfield to take the take the win and, and couldn't do it. Right. And I'm actually, oh man, it's it's messed up because uh, I was still in Atlanta and my flight was leaving later on that night and I was in the middle of getting ready while the game was going on, so I missed the final drive, uh, but. From what I did see, that that running back that the Steelers had to to replace Connor, man, he balled Samuels, out. Samuels, NC State. Yes, and and then the the defense came out to play, 
So this is a situation where there's a little bit of both. That Pittsburgh said, hey, we need this one. And and, and and New England might finally be on that decline that everybody's talking about. Or not everyone's talking about, but everyone's been waiting for. Because that's what, what the pundits are, are clamoring for. For the juggernaut right. of the Patriots to finally fall. And if they somehow have to play wild card weekend, which we already know they have a history of not making it to the Super Bowl, if that's where they end up starting their playoff run from, if mm-hmm. that's the case, we could be in for that decline. And, you know, we've already had threats of uh, a, a Gronk wanting to retire. You know, we've had the demise and the, and the issues that, that dealt with uh, the Patriots during the off season. Even though they, they mm-hmm. had some reclamation projects, in between the, the year with uh, Josh Gordon and bringing him in and, and being able to uh, to clean up a turd, uh, for the lack of a better term, and and, 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 <laughs> and turn that project around. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was yeah. it was a, a need win for the Steelers, but the Patriots got the Bills and the Jets in their last two. They should be able to win out and win their division. The question is, where will they be seated? And that'll be the interesting story. And, and as well with Pittsburgh, they have the Saints coming up this weekend, and the Saints have been looking. That's a huge game. game. Yeah, it's a huge game in the in the Superdome. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers handle that game going into it, and how the Saints deal with it after a close win over the Patriots, and then of course losing to the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. Before that. It'll be interesting to see how those two teams uh, uh, play on Sunday and, and who wants that game more. Well, here's the deal, brother. And you mentioned both teams. I mean, Jalen Sanders, a rookie, had – I mean, the defense mm-hmm. in New England is not the same New England defense that we – it's not your daddy's New England defense from the early 2000s. They had that run in the, in the early 2000s. Oh, God, no. Uh, with Teddy Bushy, like in the boys. Um, look. Jalen Samuels had 142 yards rushing on 19 carries. Tom Brady uh-huh. threw a pick. New England had yeah. 14 accepted penalties. Uh, mm-hmm. Gronk wasn't a factor at all. Uh, no. New England held you and Edelman in check. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is this is a Steelers team that was desperate, very desperate. Because to your point, Baltimore. I mean, I mean, well before we get to Baltimore. The, the the Steelers had a game have a game against the Saints this week at the Superdome. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't afford to lose that and go into the Superdome. And not only that, Baltimore keeps winning with their nineteen seventies running wishbone style, whatever they're running with Lamar Jackson's offense. You know that no team has tend to solve so so far. Um, they, in other words, the Steelers' margin of error is very, very low. They only have themselves to blame. I mean, again, choke away a game against the Chargers at home. Then you go on the road and lose the game to the Raiders, the same Raiders team yeah. that lost by double digits to, like, double digits to the Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. week. I mean, that's that's on them. That's on the Steelers. They have no one else to blame for themselves. So if they wanted to to get to the playoffs. They had to have taken care of business against a team that's long dominated them in New England. And if they yeah. didn't, will Baltimore keep winning? The season's over. They're not because they're mm-hmm. not going to beat New Orleans in New Orleans. They and 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 and, 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 and even if the the uh, the Ravens were to lose to say to the uh, I'm sorry to the Chargers, they may not lose to the Browns the following week. So, I mean, the thing is, they have to keep winning. So, at any rate, it's a big win for the Steelers, a win they had to have, and that gives them confidence momentum going forward. The, the Patriots had the benefit of playing the sorry-ass division, making the moonwalk, essentially moonwalk to the division title year in and year out. Mm-hmm. But it's just amazing to be seen. We hadn't seen New England this precarious position in a long time. We haven't seen the Steelers as desperate, this desperate in a long time. There's going to be mm-hmm. see these two teams going forward in the future. Uh, one last thing, man, and we'll get you out of here, or like, like, like out of here on this. As far as, like, we have the Saints winning. Speaking of the Saints, they had them winning 
against the Panthers in what was a very gritty defensive like struggle. I mean, who would have thought that the Saints would be synonymous with a term called defensive struggle? Uh, but they have been twice this season. <laughs> Not to me. Dallas, exactly at Dallas and that and and and, and, and at Carolina, um, them being like like the Saints were in the latter of those two games. But the thing is, is now they're on the road. They're twelve and two. They're in a catbird seat for home field advantage in the NFC. You have the Rams, who all of a sudden, you know, are like trying starting to drop like a fly, uh, like you know, like flies rather. And now you got the Chargers who are hot. You got the Chiefs who are trying to find themselves after the Kareem Hunt's Akeem, like like it's Akeem or Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem. Um, yeah. So the question begs: Who is the best team in the NFL right now? I got the Chargers. What say you? You know what? Even before their big wins this past couple of weeks, I thought the Chargers were the most balanced team in the league. But mm-hmm. they just weren't playing like it. Now they're starting to play like it. You had Keenan yeah. Allen, pro bowler. Uh, Melvin Gordon, who they need to go ahead and, and get back at 100%, even though he wanted to play Thursday night. Uh, your boy, the coach, did the right thing and not played in the side of mile, and they were still able to, to, to get the win in Kansas City. You know who else has been balling mm-hmm. out? Former Clemson wideout Mike Williams has been stepping up over the past yeah, couple of weeks. And with that being yeah. done, Tyreek Williams playing better. Um, Antonio Gates, he's not the old Antonio Gates, but he can still get you a reception here and there when you need it, especially with, with Philip Rivers having that relationship with him. And we know Philip Rivers can ball out when needed. And now that defense with Joey Bosa back is back. And they're starting to get back into that form that they were last year. They are going to be a tough, as of right now, with the Patriots looking the way that they look. If the Chargers can somehow avoid the Patriots in the playoffs, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be very, well, I, very interesting. I think the Chargers, man, they're the ultimate bad matchup because they can play up their offense and defense. Yeah, the Chiefs can't yes, play can. on defense. I mean, you, myself, I said this last week, you, myself, and and Previn, and maybe uh, eight other dudes, it's a fellow Aggie for those who don't know, and eight other guys, could hang 30 on the Chiefs defense. That's how bad the Chiefs defense is, okay? <laughs> and, you know, the Chargers aren't like that. They can play some defense. And yes, they can lock the scoreboard if they choose to. So yes. they are the ultimate. I don't – look, yo, they're hot. They're raging hot. They're, mm-hmm. getting, they're getting Baltimore at home. And I know that they're playing yeah. the soccer stadium and a lot of people don't give a damn about them. But still, the fact of the matter is, is they're playing a friendly environment, and mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. Out, it's going to be tough for Baltimore. But I'm just saying this, man. If Kansas City doesn't win in in in, in Seattle tomorrow night, guess who controls their own destiny in the AFC? The Chargers. That would be the, the the Los Angeles Chargers, yes, sir. They control the their own destiny. Is, yes, and see the reason why I took the Chargers. Is because unfortunately the 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 Chiefs have been having tough matchups. Now they may come mm-hmm. up short in those those matchups, but it's just short. Like when they lost to New England, that was a close loss. When they lost to the Chargers, that was a, a very very narrow uh, defeat. With the two point conversion at the end of the game that I didn't think one San uh, I'm going to call it San Diego. That Los Angeles will one score the touchdown and two, let alone go mm-hmm. for, is not even get the two point conversion. So you got the Chiefs, who I had them like a close second, third, the New England, not New England, I'm sorry, the New Orleans uh, Saints, because it seems like you know they've been having issues off and on, and it seems like the Cowboys somehow figured them out. I'm still trying to understand that. And then you have the Rams. With their two tough losses over the past couple of weeks, teams are starting to figure them out on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. 
And we saw what happened with them last year when they had, like, 11, 12 wins going into the playoffs, and they lost at home to to the Falcons. If the right team catch them, they could be beat. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned about them, too. And I have the Bears at, at that number five spot coming up as the fifth best team in in the in the um in the league. But um yeah. Chargers right now looking damn good. And, and my thing is though I'm just concerned when we get to the playoffs will they be able to keep up there in January or not. And if so, they should be fine. Exactly. Which the hey, the next two weeks will be a lot to tell brother, but gotta keep it on the Chargers man. I mean who would have thunk it, right? I'm going to begin the season at the Chargers beat there, but here we are. Anyway, yeah, exactly. hey, man, thanks a lot, dude. And please no check out D, D Nash out on uh, Sleazy Radio every week on YouTube. Is that correct? Uh, every week on Facebook Live. So go to Facebook our Facebook Live. page. Right. Yeah, Facebook.com forward slash Sleazy Sports. That's S-L-Z-E Sports, all one word. Go to our page there, and you'll catch our show every Tuesday. Actually, this week coming will be on Wednesday because, of course, Tuesday is Christmas. There you go. And speaking of which, brother, Merry Christmas in advance, man. Take care. Merry Christmas to you as well. And because of Saturday, are you Are you indeed. All right, y'all. Please check the way out. Please, uh, Legion Sports, Facebook Live. Uh, every no maybe Tuesday, but it'll be on Wednesday night next uh, next week. Thank y'all for tuning to the podcast. This is your boy Scott Burke signing off. Oh six. Merry Christmas. All right.